Hello, and welcome back to Biblical Time Machine. That is our podcast about the Bible and its historical context. Um, I am one of your hosts, Dave Roos. I'm a journalist, and I am here with Helen Bond, professor of Christian origins and head of the School of Divinity at the University of Edinburgh in Scotland. Hey, Helen, how are you? Hi there, Dave. I'm really well, and I'm very much looking forward to today's talk. It's one of my favorite awesome. people. Yeah, I was thinking maybe we change the name of the podcast to Biblical Baddies, right? We do, uh, <laughs> we, do we specialize in, in the bad guys. Um, we are doing Herod. Only if you think this great. guy is bad. I'm not sure that he's bad. <laughs> oh, perfect. All right. See, everybody thinks that he's bad, but you're going to give us the, the softer side of, of Herod the Great. Um there are how many Herods? I mean, I feel like there's a lot in the Bible, but maybe I'm making this up. Are there? There's at least two. Yeah. Well, there's <laughs> three. There's okay. three. There's three. Three that are actually called yeah. Herod, and four in the dynasty. So there's Herod the Great himself. He's the guy in Matthew's mm. Gospel. But you also get a very quick reference to his son, who's Herod Archelaus. Oh, yeah. Um, he's the one who's, you know, the really bad guy. So um, Jesus and his family decide not to go and live in, in Judea. They go up to um, mm. Galilee instead. That's in that's in Luke, I think, isn't it? Or is no, no, sorry, that that's that's in Matthew. And then in the Book of Acts, you've got Herod again, who's Herod the Agrippa. Herod Agrippa, that's um, Herod the Great's grandson. And then there's also a mention of Agrippa, and that's actually Agrippa the Second. Who's um, the great great grandson? Oh, so, um, so yeah, the Herod's going to run. No, who? When you say, isn't there Herod Antipas or whatever? Or is that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. There's Herod Antipas as well. Yes, I'd forgotten him. So he's the king Herod that's mentioned in Mark chapter six. So um, he's actually he's not a king. He's a, a, a tetrarch, and his 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 name is Antipas, but he's part of the Herod family. And how is he related to Herod the Great? Oh, he's, he's his son. Sons. Okay. Yeah, he's one one of the many sons. Right, so I lost count. Maybe there's later, five, sure. maybe there's ten. There's a lot of Herods. Oh, there's lots. The there's lots and lots. When you have ten wives, that's uh, what happens. Well, we're we're gonna focus <laughs> on Herod the Great. Um, so give us give us some. Well, I guess yeah. So you you reminded us that he shows up in the Bible in Matthew in this sort of terrible story where he has ordered the what do they call this? The massacre of the innocents. Isn't that what that's called? Well, he, you know, he's yeah. he's told by his soothsayers that there's this, some baby has been born that's going to be the king and, and going to dethrone him. So he orders this this massacre. Um, I guess let's let's start there. Like, obviously, this is a very important event in the Bible. Is there any corroborating evidence that something like that happened? Well, no, there's not. And that does lead people to suspect the, the historicity beside, mm. behind this story. I mean, the, and, and ordinarily, you know, an argument mm. from silence is a very weak one. But in this case, just about everything we know about Herod comes from um, the Jewish historian Josephus. And he is very, very full when it comes to the end of, of Herod's life. And and Josephus doesn't like Herod at all. He's looking out for any any story that's going to put Herod in a bad light. So it is quite strange that if if Josephus knew that Herod had killed all the boys of two and under in and around um, in and around Bethlehem, mm. that he doesn't mention it. That is strange. 
And I think the other reason why people think that um, this might be made up is that um, the whole thing in Matthew's gospel is that Matthew wants to to make Jesus into right. a sort of a second Moses. And so, you know, Moses' birth is really famous. He has this sort of, you know, that the um, the Pharaoh is is um, out to get all the, the the Jewish boys and is killing all the all the the boys at birth. And so, then you have this similar story in Matthew's gospel where where Herod is sort of cast as mm. as a second Pharaoh. And and anybody who knows that Jewish story about um, Moses is going to hear the story about um, Jesus and think, oh yeah, you know, this is a sure. this is just like Moses of old. And and so that's why people think that, you know, this may be um, something that that Matthew has made up. But I mean, I think the fact that he can get away with making it up does show that Herod clearly had that kind of reputation. Mm-hmm. It's the sort of thing that people might yeah. have believed. Well, as we'll see, yeah, he he kind of gets his reputation as a as a paranoid who uh, who likes to kill off people who he thinks are plotting against him. So it doesn't it's not wholly out of character. But um, yeah, well, let's let's get some no. background. About Herod the Great, you know, what family was he born into? What what did, what did his dad do before him? So, what what do we know about Herod? <laughs> well, he's from a, a aristocratic family, um, and they're Idumean, so they're they're from sort of the area of of Israel. But um, Idumea was out to the west, and this is one of the areas that was conquered by the Hasmonean um, dynasty, who I'm sure we'll come on to in a moment. Um, and um, they were forcibly converted hmm. to Judaism. So his father, Antipater, he's quite high. He's a sort of a, a courtier at um, in Jerusalem in the court of King Hyrcanus II. He's quite ambitious, um, well, very ambitious, and um, wants to kind of manipulate himself to being in a position of power. Um, and, and uses his sons, Herod and the others, to sort of reinforce that power. Um, but Herod's mother is a, a Nabataean princess. She, so she's from the, um, the city of Petra in Arabia or Nabatea as it was at the time. So she's Arab, but his, his father is, um, Idumean and, um, and, and would have been okay. Jewish. Yeah. Cause there's, there's, some, this is part of the controversy over Herod later because he's, you know, named the king of the Jews, but, now, in Jewish tradition, it's usually through the mother's you know, line that your your Jude, your Jewishness um, is passed on. So, was there yeah. you know question? Did they not really think he was actually Jewish? Well, I think it depended where you stood. Um, I think there were lots of different perceptions of of Herod, and and that whole thing about um, Judaism going through your mother okay. is, I think, a modern thing. I'm not quite sure when it changed, but there does seem to be good evidence that in the first century, um, it, it it went oh. through your father's line. So his father is is um, Jewish. Um, I mean, forcibly converted, but then so were the hmm. so were the people in Galilee. So you know, it's it's sort of no different. To them, perhaps, but obviously he's he's only half um, Jewish. His mother isn't, um, and I mean, one of the things is that he was very close to the Emperor Augustus, and um, Augustus is supposed to have said at one point that he made this really bad joke that he said he would rather be Herod's pig than Herod's sons, um, and that's because Herod had a habit of killing off his sons, whereas he didn't oh, right. kill his pigs because, as a good observant Jew, he didn't eat um, pork. So, so certainly, 
non-Jews looking at Herod thought, um, you know, he 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 keeps away from pork. In Rome, they called the hmm. Sabbath Herod's Day. So um, clearly, again, it was sort of known that that Herod and the rest of the dynasty sort of kept that day um, holy or, you know, refused to do things on it. So so I think there's sort of a, a, a wide range of perceptions from as far as some people are concerned, he's Jewish, as far as perhaps a lot, a lot of the people in Jerusalem are concerned, um, he's not as pious as, as they would want him to be. He doesn't keep the law um, to the extent yeah. that they wanted him to. So you mentioned uh, the Hasmoneans. Um, I understand that was sort of the the dynasty that was ruling Judea when Rome first kind of came in and conquered it. So when when did when did this happen, and how did Herod kind of get installed as as king? Yeah, well, a, a sort of a, a very complex series of maneuvers um, with with Herod just being very, very clever and manipulative, mm. basically. So, so this this goes back to sixty three BCE. That's when Rome came and sort of properly conquered um, Judea. So um, prior to that, the um, the Hasmoneans had been the ruling dynasty, and the Hasmoneans were the heirs of the Maccabees. Mm. So they were, they were, you know, they were Jewish. They were a sort of native ruler, um, very glamorous, very Jewish, you know, very um, loved, beloved mm. by the people, most of them anyway. So they were very, very popular dynasty. Um, but like a lot of dynasties, after a few decades, they started. There was infighting. Um, controversies over succession that kind of thing and 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 basically they they had a female um queen actually queen alexandra but when she died um there was a war between her two sons over the succession and the sort of the the emerging superpower in the east was rome and they both decided to um to contact rome and say you know i'll i'll do all these things for you if you come and sort of help me out here so um so rome anyway after various sort of more civil wars, more uh, fights, Rome decided to back Hyrcanus II, and so um, so installed him, and that and that's really where Herod's um, father Antipater sort of gained quite a lot of control because he was at the court of Her- of um, Hyrcanus II okay. as well, and and that's when Rome really came and first. Pompey the Great came. He went into the Holy of Holies. Mm. Um, you know, big kind of thing that a Gentile went into the Holy of Holies to see what was in the temple. Um, Apparently he saw nothing and went out again, but he did put um, Judea under tribute. And so from that point onwards, they had to pay. Um, But then you get more and more sort of um, civil wars between various competing Hasmoneans. And in the end, um, around about 40 BCE, Rome put um, Herod in charge. Herod was the son of Antipater, who'd, who'd been sort of very strategic in his alliances. And, and Herod had already been the governor of Galilee and had showed himself very able there. He was very good at collecting taxes. He was very good at putting down bandits. Um, he'd already made a lot of enemies there. But, um, but I mean, that's just how it was in the ancient mm. world, really. You know, you, you won some things and you made some enemies and, um, so, so around about 40 BCE, they put him in charge. Um, he did, couldn't quite get his kingdom at that point, though, because um, yet another of these um, Hasmoneans, Antigonus, went to Parthia, which was kind of like the second biggest power and, and Rome's great rival. And so he got the Parthians to help him, but um, Herod managed to, to sort of 
get rid of him and and finally took his throne as um, the king of the Jews in 37 BCE. Okay. And this, I mean, this title, King of the Jews, it, it seems very important. And this is the title given to him by the Roman Senate, right? Yeah, yeah. So th- this is the Senate kind of making strategic uh, decisions for for the East. I mean, this is, of course, at a time of Roman expansion. So although Judea isn't particularly important, um, it is a sort of a buffer with Parthia to the East or Persia, as it mm. was known before. So um, so it, it is strategic, I suppose, for them to have that sort of that whole of that Eastern frontier from um, and, and it joins Syria to um, to Egypt. So um, his great um, great sort of uh, patron at the time was um, Herod was um, Caesar Augustus, mm. and um, Augustus is is really. I mean, he keeps in with with Augustus all the way through. I mean, the the big thing about um, Herod is he knows on which side of the bread his <laughs> his his bread is buttered. So you know, he knows that the thing to do is to keep in with Rome, and whatever happens, he keeps mm. in with Rome. All right, so yeah, he's very loyal to Rome, at least. So, yeah. but so he, like you said, finally gets the throne in about thirty seven BCE. Um, but this is after all this fighting and stuff like that. I mean, I, I would imagine he's not, you know, cheered and welcomed by the, the Jewish people or the people of Jerusalem. So how did he, I read that he did some things to sort of ingratiate himself to sort of say, yes, I'm, I'm your Jewish king. I'm, I'm, I'm here for you as well. Yeah, well, he... I, I mean, he, it's very difficult for him coming after this this really beloved mm. dynasty, even though it had sort of descended into um, chaos towards the end. They were still very, very popular. So obviously the thing for Herod to do was to kind of link himself as far as he could to that dynasty. So um, although he was married already, he decided that he would marry um, a Hasmonean princess, Mariani. Um, so he divorced his first wife and made a big thing of marrying um, this Hasmonean mm. princess. Um, later on, he also made her brother high priest, yeah. although he went back on that because he realized that the people were actually very, very keen on him. And, and, and Herod um, Herod seems to have been quite <laughs> jealous, quite paranoid about things. So um, I think when he realized just how popular this young man was, he, um, he had him drowned, oh, supposedly. Yes. I mean, we don't know that. For sure, but certainly that's what um, Josephus more than hints okay. starkly that he had him drowned. Um, yeah, so so he does a lot of sort of trying to um, trying to sort of link himself in with this earlier Hasmonean oh. dynasty. That's that's sort of his main way, I think, of of sort of linking himself to the past. Because he, I mean, he's a, just a new man. You know, he's just suddenly appeared on the scene. Why should he be yeah. king? Well, now he's. Talked about as Herod the Great because of his um, accomplishments as a builder, right? We we talked about this um, a lot in our temple episode, but remind us, you know, what were some of these kind of magnificent renovations and additions that he made to the the second temple? Yeah, well, I mean, and all over the all over the country. I mean, Josephus says you can hardly point to any any part of the country that he didn't adorn yeah. with. Um, statues and buildings and things so so yes um i mean he he completely transformed jerusalem mm. because this is his his capital city and and um and and as part of that he also renovated the temple i mean it's a complete refurbishment mm. i mean it 
in, in some ways he would have just rebuilt it, except that, you know, he couldn't go and flatten it and build it again. Um, he, and, and he extended the, 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 um, the sort of the, the, the foundations of the, the temple massively. I mean, it, it was a huge feat of engineering. He made the temple mound almost twice its, its size, um, and, and sort of built up the, the, the side of the hill there, um, and, and transformed the, the, the temple into one of the, one of the wonders of the ancient world. It had porticos and columns. It, it was made of white limestone. It had, um, gold on it. So, um, Josephus says that when the sun was, was coming up or down, you know, it would, it would mm. gleam in the, in the temple. So it must have been an absolutely beautiful thing. And, um, and, and in other parts of his realm, he, he completely rebuilt a city called Caesarea on the coast. And um, this was later on where the, the Roman governors mm. lived. And this was a Gentile city. It had, um, the, the, the streets were laid out in a grid pattern, like a Gentile mm. city. And, and it had, um, temples to Roma and to the Roman emperors, to, to, um, Augustus. Um, and, and, and he also built a series of fortresses across his realm. So, um, I mean, Masada is probably mm. the best known, but Macarius and, and some others. Um, I mean, I suppose to some extent the fortresses were inside his realm. So they weren't so much sort of looking out to foreign invaders as mm. looking in to see who, who in his realm wanted mm. to, to, to get rid of Herod himself. But, um, but he was an amazing builder and, and, um, and very well up on it. So he, he must have known lots of architects, lots of decorators, lots of artists, and always employing the latest techniques. And, um, and, and he had bathrooms at uh, Masada that, that still look actually pretty good today. So, um, yeah, you know, I mean, he, he, it was obviously something he was really, really passionate about, um, this sort of building and architecture and, and, and all of that. Well, yeah. So, I mean, under Herod, could could it be argued that I mean did the Jewish kingdom kind of reach its sort of a peak a zenith that it hadn't you know experienced since the times of Solomon and David? I mean, is this is that fair to say? Very much so. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's you know it, it, it's interesting that you put it that way because I think people often don't really give Herod much credit for that, and and he enlarged the borders of his kingdom not by military conquest but just by really really clever diplomacy. Mm. It was because he was so loyal to to Rome, because he was always helping out. Um, emperors just kept giving him more and more land. Um, and, and I mean, I think it's to his credit that, um, you know, that there were no foreign invasions. Hmm. There was no, no Gentile feet on, um, on, on Israel, Israel's land. And, and I mean, beyond his, his kingdom too, he, um, he stood up for Jewish rights in, um, other countries, hmm. um, other parts of the, the Eastern Roman Empire. He, um, he built, all sorts of things outside his realm too. So he was a great benefactor um, and sort of strutting about on the world stage. So he was, you know, again, he kind of raised the standing of this tiny, tiny mm. little kingdom. But, you know, he becomes this sort of world player, really. Well, okay. So this is the part you were talking about, that Herod has, there is a great side to this to this guy. <laughs> Yeah, 
Yeah, well, I mean, I, we'll, we'll come on, I suppose, to some of his mm-hmm. less endearing habits. Um, and, and a lot of people will say, oh, you know, you shouldn't call him Herod the mm-hmm. Great. And a lot of people call him Herod the First. Oh. And, you know, that's fine enough. But I think, you know, morality aside, <laughs> and, and it's very difficult to kind of judge morality, I think, when it comes to, you know, a ruler from mm-hmm. 2,000 years ago. But but he did do some pretty great things, I think. So I don't mind calling him Harry yeah. the Great. Well, he, he's in good company. Though I mean, I, I, I don't think you can think of a uh, <laughs> of a great of a great in history that also didn't have their not-so-great side. So wait, let's let's get to that. So he he's talked about as, you know, paranoid, kind of all these plots against him that he's always seeing. I mean... How many of his family members did he have killed? Did we lose count? <laughs> well, at least, at least what five, I think, possibly mm. some more. Um, and and there's always sort of rumours and insinuations. I mean, one of the big thing, one of the big troubles that about Herod was he had all these wives. Um, I mean. A, a lot of them he got towards the end, so it wasn't as if he always had some this huge mm. harem. Um, he sort of tended to take them on in blocks. Um, he had nine or ten wives um, and lots and lots of sons. So he actually had the opposite. The Emperor Augustus had problems because he didn't mm. have a son. Um, Herod has the opposite problem. He's got too many sons. And the thing that he never quite does is to say, um, who is who is the main wife? Mm. You know, who is the sort of the chief of the wives and and who is going to inherit? I mean, at at some point it it was clearly going to be um, the Hasmonean princess, Mariami. um, But uh, but but then he killed her because um, of rumours and his whole court seems to have been just just rife with Mm. rumour and intrigue and everybody sort of, you know, putting around rumors and, and saying, oh, you know, uh, have you heard about this? And and so he puts to death his Hasmonean wife because um, because of rumors. And then um, rumors that she's plotting mm. to take his um, his kingdom. And that actually might have been the case. Oh. Um, I think it probably was because the Hasmoneans, as I said earlier, they had queens. So she could have ruled mm. in her own right. Um and he also killed her mother-in-law, who seems to have been plotting with her. Um, he then also kills her two sons, who until that point had been the most likely to succeed him. Um, and then he brings back his first wife and her um, her son, and Antipater, and then he starts plotting, so he kills him. Um, and then, and then he he leaves all these wills where he keeps changing his mind on you know who's going to inherit is this person going to have all of it or is this person shall I divide it up and and again I think it's that sort of lack of clarity as to who exactly is going to succeed him that means that everybody then starts sort of plotting and um, and thinking well you know if I play my cards right maybe I can sort of get a little bit more land here. And, um, yeah, so I think, I think it, I mean, all of this, this killing spree is really to do with succession and, um, and, and trying to, and his paranoia and his, you know, just willingness to believe these rumors, willingness to believe the worst of people. Well, you said before, it's hard to judge, you know, ancient rulers on our modern sort of morals and ethics, but yeah. So do you think, is it unfair you know, to call Herod a tyrant or the, that he was somehow sort of so paranoid that he was kind of unhinged 
or is, or is it just is this kind of what happened like he reigned he reigned kind of for a long time right like in yeah, exactly. He reigned a long time. Um, he kept the, the, the country at peace. Um, I mean, he, re- he remitted taxes uh, in times of famine or um, earthquakes. So, you know, there were good things that he did. He kept a certain stability. Um, but at the same time, when he died, the country sort of broke out in all kinds of, of, of riots. And, you know, it, it felt as though that repressive regime had suddenly kind of that had had been eased yeah. off and, and and all of these sort of messianic or other sort of leaders appeared and 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 tried to say that they were the new king of the Jews. So I mean there's no doubt it was repressive um and 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 you know taxation must have been high and um it, it, it can't have always been the easiest place to live but then you know un, under whose <laughs> regime were, was it easy that's that's one of the the difficulties and it depends who's writing the story just about everything we know about herod comes from josephus josephus Jones. really didn't like him very much i know josephus he's he's good and he's bad yeah. <laughs> so he, without josephus we would know virtually mm-hmm. nothing about him but on the other hand we have to be really careful because josephus claims to be a hasmonean oh, that's okay. where he says he's descended from them so you know he He's not very positive towards Herod. He's always ready to find some bad thing about Herod. Now, Herod Herod dies in 4 BC, right? When we have that mm-hmm. we have that pretty nailed down. Um I guess we we have to have a future episode about the dating of Jesus's birth because that, you know, that's problematic if the guy <laughs> who was supposed to have ordered the death of all those Jewish kids is also dead. You know, four years before we we have Jesus being born, but yeah, does that kind of create chronology problems? Um, it depends what you mean by okay. a problem. I mean, if 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 we do if we do think that that's historical and needs to be factored into Jesus's birth, then it does mean that Jesus was born in six hmm. BCE, roughly, to give him sort of you know two wow. years um, at least before um, before Herod dies. Um, I mean, the difficulty then is that the census in Luke's gospel is in 6 mm. CE. So um, that doesn't quite fit in mm-hmm. easily either. So, um, yeah, I mean, but uh, you're right. It would be yeah, good we to, have, to have, a, have another we could talk about that for a whole session. something that kind of blew my mind when I learned about like, well, we must know, you know, we must be able to line up some things to, to see when, when he was born. But you're right. Everything kind of mm. comes at a different time. Well, well, we won't, we won't step on that. We'll do that episode in the future. Um, so <laughs> did, how did, did Herod die in a dramatic fashion or did he just get old and, and die? Well, kind no. of both. He got old. Um, I mean, very old by the standards of the time. He was 70, mm. um, Josephus says. And <laughs> Josephus adds this really interesting detail that he, he used to dye his hair oh. black so that um, so that people thought he was younger than he was. But anyway, so he gets to 70 and he's he's very old. And, and he, according to Josephus, he has this really terrible disease. He's got worms and sort of gangrene. And um, it's difficult to know how much to to trust that because like I say Josephus doesn't like him very much and and this is kind of the the death you know if you're a bad guy you get a bad death you always get the worms um so you know to what extent is Josephus just really going to town here in how bad you know the, the bad death shows that Herod was a bad guy um but certainly he seems to have had some some pretty nasty thing towards the end and and that killed him off in um 
in Jericho. And, and then he, he was buried in Herodium, which was um, found, I think, about 2007. They found his oh, tomb. Wow. So um, there's still some a bit of controversy over whether it really was mm. Herod's tomb or not. But I think most people seem to think that it probably was. And, and again, this is a sort of a ornate tomb that he'd built for himself. And then what happens after so you you mentioned this a little bit he has these three sons like the 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 kingdom kind of gets split up between them right so herod herod kept changing his will towards the end and um the last one um which was the one that the emperor upheld was to put um herod archelaus in charge of half of his kingdom so he got the largest bit he got um judea and samaria and idumea and then um, two other um, sons got sort of smaller bits. So Herod Antipas got um, Galilee and Perea. And then um, Philip, who's the maybe got, got married to um, Dancing Salome mm. in, um, in the Gospels, he got this sort of northeast um, Gentile area with places with all sorts of strange names like Batania and Iteria. Um, up sort of in the in the northeast kingdom, um, uh, part, part of Herod's kingdom. So those three um, inherited, a lot, and his sister got a few towns and things too. But um, but then ten years later, um, the emperor had to intervene in, in affairs again because Herod Archelaus was dismissed for being really mm. cruel. Josephus doesn't tell us very much about what it is he did, but it seems though um, he was very unpopular and the emperor got rid of him. And that's when direct Roman rule came. Okay. So um, that's that's how you get the Roman governors in the southern part in Judea. Um, the, 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 the prefects and the procurators then governed directly. But, but those two other Herods, um, Herod Antipas and Herod Philip, continued well into the, the 30s CE, okay. so after the time of Jesus. So when so that's when we get our Pontius Pilots and stuff like that after Archelaus. Yeah, right? exactly. And, and that's why it is that when, when Jesus grows up in Galilee, he's in territory governed by Herod, by Herod mm. Antipas, so by a Jewish client king, as I suppose they're called. Um, and yet when he goes south into Judea, he's now in a Roman province yeah. that's directly ruled by oh, Rome. Good. Well, that's, oh, that's important to understand. See, th those are the kind of things that I never could get straight. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So it is a, it's a different, I mean, what, what it actually felt like in reality, mm. I don't know, possibly not much different, but, but they are actually sort of separate jurisdictions. Okay. And it was Herod Antipas that ends up ordering the death of John the Baptist, right? Okay. Yes, yes. All right. That's we right. talked about in our John the Baptist episode, which everybody should should listen yeah, to. Yeah, that's right. It's 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 good to get your Herod straight because <laughs> it is a bit confusing. There's 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 a lot of, and a lot of movement. <laughs> that's the problem. Well, awesome. Well, thank you for walking us through Herod the Great, Helen, and um, Helen the Great. Well, yeah. I, See, you're, you're just great. You don't have any of those. Well, not that I know of. You don't. You don't have family members killed at your own will. So. I've not. I've not done away They're with good. any yet. So they've, no, they've kept no. in line up to this point. Um, well, thank you. Nothing to succeed. That's the problem. <laughs> nothing, to, nothing to take over. <laughs> There's no cat. <laughs> um, well, thank you again, Helen, and uh, thank you all for listening. This was another episode of Biblical Time Machine, and we will see you next time. Bye.